everybody. Bill Buckmaster with you. We are off and running on our Thursday edition of the Buckmaster Show. My buddy Tom Fairbanks, engineering and producing the show. I always like to kind of give Tom a little quiz at the beginning of the show. Today, Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. This one's pretty obvious, and you should know what day. Uh, I, was, I was thinking he's going to ask me yeah, something about, about the date. The what date, day the date. something. And do you know, or does it come the back? The 22nd to, of February. <laughs> from your childhood. Um let me give you a clue. On the 12th in Illinois, where I grew up, we had a big deal celebrating uh, February 12th was Lincoln's birthday. And well, then, the 22nd is Washington's birthday? Yes, it's Washington's, Washington's birthday. birthday. And it used to be a holiday, as was uh, Lincoln's, Lincoln's birthday. Uh, birthday, which in Illinois, I believe, is still... The land uh, of Lincoln. State. Yeah, well, it is the land of Lincoln. still a state holiday. So happy birthday. It's Washington's birthday. I'm old school. Okay. I I preferred the regular holidays to the kind of lumping in these, the Monday holidays. Uh, you know, I, I get it that it make a long weekend and everything. We're in our 14th year with the radio program already. 14 years since I left Channel 6 after 22 years hosting Arizona Illustrated. So uh, that's 36 years, 36th year in the media here in town. I guess I'm one of the last folks standing uh, in the media from kind of the old days. Institutional memory, I think we call it. We're in the Green Things Zocalo Village studio on the campus of Bustos Media, which really has a growing president presence talking about presidents, uh, presence in the Tucson area. We've got five uh, radio stations under one roof. Kevin Dahl with me, vice mayor of the city of Tucson. You have five stations now for the growing presence of Bustos Media. This is 1030 KVOI, The Voice, and um, folks can listen to the program live on my website, buckmastershow.com or kvoi.com, and of course, Thanks to Rose, Rosemary Brandt, my longtime assistant. Rose, make sure that the programs or the podcasts are up in a very timely manner. Usually by uh, dinner time, we've got the show uh, posted at buckmastershow.com. When we do our telephone interviews, that's presented by Rincon Ventures Real Estate and Property Management. Kevin Dahl is a Democrat, well, the whole Council is Democrat, yes. Democrat, yes. Uh, uh, representing Ward 3, the 100,000 residents, it's a large ward in the city of Tucson. And Kevin is now the vice mayor. Uh, was that an ele- I, I asked you this, I think, on our last bit. Was this an elected uh, among the your colleagues? To uh, that, name that, you that's the, right, Bill. When, okay. when whoever is being first ele- of all, good to see you. Uh, thank you, Bill. All good right. to see you. So, right. and you're looking great. Thank. I'm trying. Uh, go ahead about vice mayor. So once a year, we we have a, an election for vice mayor, and it's it's been rotated. We've changed the rules so it doesn't have to completely rotate every time. But uh, I was elected by my uh, colleagues and the mayor mm-hmm. in December, and will mm-hmm. serve for a year. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you go to a lot of kind of ceremonial stuff, probably. I, I become an adjunct mayor in cutting ribbons and and, <laughs> do, you, and, and do you carry around kind of those <laughs> like clown scissors, those giant and, giant scissors? I don't know if they and, really and every do ceremony cutting. does it differently. <laughs> Sometimes there's a giant scissors for just a couple of us. Sometimes they hand out gold scissors to a bunch of oh, us. Um, sometimes we're instructed, you know, don't run with the giant scissors disaster could happen and then there's groundbreakings where we have golden shovels i enjoyed uh <laughs> relatively recently doing a groundbreaking for new soccer fields at columbus park on silverbell and we use gold soccer balls instead oh, of shovels cool. and, and i got in trouble because i was kicking as an old soccer player i was kicking the ball at other people <laughs> <laughs> you you and i share that in our past uh, i was uh Pretty good soccer player, all state in Illinois. I never was a good player, but I enjoyed it. Center center forward was my position. But anyway, uh, on a more serious note, uh, you are a cancer survivor. 
uh, throat cancer. And I mean, this really blindsided you about a year and a half ago. Uh, it was very invasive, the treatments. And uh, may I say, and, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you really went through H, didn't you? It was you really a, did. It was a very rigorous program. Horrible. I lost 50 pounds. 50 my, pounds. My um, uh, doctor uh, consulting for the first time looked at me and she said, I bet no one's ever told you this, but it's a good thing you're overweight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it's very rigorous. If you get through the treatment, I learned later, uh, it's ninety-seven percent chance that you'll never get it again. They they have it down. Medical science has made a lot of strides because a lot of men get throat cancer and also anal cancer from the HPV virus. Tell me about that. Well, thanks for bringing it up. The human papillomavirus virus. Um, it can affect anybody. H HPV. PV. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, we often get it when we're young. I got it in, in the 80s. I remember when. And we didn't know then that it caused cancer. Now we know it causes cancer. And now we have a vaccine. And that's why I'm glad to talk about my experience to encourage everybody who's eligible to get a vaccine. And that's everybody, I think, age 12 through 26. Uh-huh. Um, and then up to 45 um, if you hadn't gotten it earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, it's recommended by the American uh, by the Center for um, Disease Control. The, right, the Center, Center. Centers for Disease Control. Plural. Go you, ahead. You, you got it. Okay. So the the this week the county and the city both um, issued proclamations uh, declaring March fourth, which is International HPV Awareness Day, mm-hmm. um, to get the word out. Uh, early detection's important, like with many cancers, it's important to take have your regular checkups. And it was my doctor. My regular doctor that when I said, hey, I have a small swelling here in my throat, said, well, we'll check that out. And I went to a specialist and we got it in time. Um, my friend, Vince Pulowski, who's a, a brother survivor, he had it harder than me. Um, he was on a feeding tube for three months with his. He had to have oh, sur- surgery my. as well. And he's still coming back four years later, uh, learning to speak more clearly. Um, Boy, and- you're... You, I don't, well, I'll say it. You're incredibly fortunate, lucked out. I, in, I, I lucked out. It, it worked out for me, though it was, it was like I say, very rugged. And uh, thanks to my family, friends, staff, I was able to get through it. Um, and, and so please consider this vaccination. The world uh, eliminated um, smallpox through vaccinations. Yes. We're, we've almost eliminated polio. There's only a few outbreaks in Africa. We can eliminate HP virus and eliminate this cancer. By the way, it affects women di- different differently. It's it's more common to come as cervical cancer, um, and again, early detection helps. But the vaccine vaccine is the way to go. Thank, thanks for letting me get on my my um, no. I mean, I can, pulpit here. It's it's uh, it's good to hear. you've you've picked up the mantle the the flag really and trying to wave the flag about let's get people vaccinated for this and again you're saying it's young people that should be vaccinated yes at first the only young people uh, it only worked with young people but they've um, made a better vaccine and you can you can get it up to tw- the age 26 uh-huh. um, is recommended both men and women and if you're sexually active and didn't get it when, when you were uh, uh, younger, up to the age 45. So something to check out with your doctor. All right. We are up against the break. Maybe this would be a good point to talk about Mona's Danish Baker. Then we come back, we'll talk about uh, uh, the RTA program and perhaps the city going a different direction with Kevin Dahl, the vice mayor for the city of Tucson. But right now, Kevin... I want to talk a little bit about my favorite bakery in town, and that's Mona's Danish Bakery. And you and I both love bakery goods, don't we? We, we love it, and uh, I haven't had lunch yet, so I'm not even going to listen. Well, oh, Mona's is open right now for lunch, and uh, there is something special going on. Kevin, you might not have heard the news. Uh, Steve and the team applied for a... Uh, they are in the county. They're up in District 1, Uh close, not far from where I live, uh, they applied for a liquor license oh. uh, through Pima County. It was granted, and uh, it's now being uh, instituted. Uh, you can have uh, a beer. I think they're pouring Peroni, which is uh, oh, by the bottle. Beer. Yeah, a good beer. it's a good beer. Uh, it's a Peroni out of Italy. 
And uh, so you could have that with your lunch right now, or you could have a glass of wine. Uh, of course, in the mornings, doing the mimosa, the champagne, and orange juice. So that's all going on right now at Mona's Danish Bakery, northeast corner of Swan and Sunrise. Their website, monasdanishbakery.com. It's the Buckmaster Show. On a Thursday, and Thursday I always like to promote what our Friday Focus interview will be tomorrow. On the Friday Focus, we do a little deeper dive with a newsmaker instead of going maybe like with Kevin today, two segments, half hour, we go about 45 minutes, a little deeper dive. And that interview tomorrow will be with uh, David Godleski, who is the head of the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association. We'll find out what's going on in that area. And then uh, welcoming the sh- to the show, um, Kurt Prendergast and Catlin Schmidt, who are now the co-founders uh, of the Tucson Agenda, uh, an online uh, news service. So we'll find out all about that. That's c- what's coming up tomorrow. But right now, let's take the break. Family-owned Jam Culinary Concepts and its family of restaurants has you covered for your special event. Jam caters anytime, anywhere, any size group, and any type of cuisine. Vero Amore, authentic Neapolitan pizza, and Noble Hops, craft beer and fine fare are synonymous with quality. Call 954-1468 or log on to jamculinaryconcepts.com. The Regional Transportation Authority's 20-year plan includes roadway, transit, pedestrian, bicycle, and many other transportation improvements across the region. Pima County voters approved the plan in 2006, and the RTA is finalizing a new 20-year plan for RTA board review and approval to seek public feedback on the draft plan. Sign up at rtanext.com for updates. Buckmaster Show listeners know that I'm passionate about travel. When I'm ready to take off on a new adventure, my air travel begins and ends at Tucson International Airport. TUS is nonstop for our community and Southern Arizona. So remember, to fly local, fly Tucson. Tucson International is nonstop for Tucson. More at flytucson.com. For more than a half century, Tucson Gardeners trust Green Things, a family-owned and operated retail and wholesale plant nursery, offering an amazing variety of plants, trees, cacti, pottery, and so much more, all at great prices. The 13-and-a-half-acre site by the Rieto River is also home to the Zocalo Village, specializing in fine Mexican and Latin American imported furniture and art. Green Things open daily at 3384 East River Road and at greenthingsaz.com and zocalovillage.com. The Green Valley News and Sarita Sun cover two of Arizona's most desirable communities. The newspapers reach more than 75% of the communities each week, with a combined population of more than 50,000. The Green Valley News also publishes a dozen magazines each year, and both newspapers publish up-to-the-minute local news online at gvnews.com. The Green Valley News and Sarita Sun, it's all right here. This is Bill Buckmaster urging my listeners to join me in becoming a member of the Reed Park Zoo, one of America's top zoos and home to more than 300 animals from all over the world. When you become a zoo member, you receive free daytime admission, discounts on special events and education programs, and so much more. Find out more about zoo membership and everything you need to know about your zoo visit. ReedParkZoo.org Welcome back. It is the Buckmaster Show, a Thursday edition. Uh, I want to talk about Green Things. We're in the Green Things Zocalo Village Studios. Green Things, 3384 East River Road by the Rito River. Vice Mayor Kevin Dahl is with me uh, in studio. Kevin, uh, are you into Green Things? I love Green Things. I bought at discount 80 poinsettias from them and over the holidays for Whoa. for people in our transitional you know, recently unhoused folks, right. families that two weeks before were on the street with their kids. And it brought a little bit of Christmas um, spirit into into the, 
and so now they they're in a room with uh-huh. with a door they can lock. So yeah. I love green things. So many plants. Such oh a great selection. Well, they've got thirteen acres, and uh, Jan and Jack. I love the owners. They're they they're real hands-on owners, and um, the three poinsettias that I have uh, at the Buckmaster bungalow. Let's see. Now we're well. It's almost three months since I. Uh, acquired them from green things uh they're doing well you have in fact a green, i watered have, them this morning you have a green thumb uh, i guess so they're perennials uh, you can keep them alive if, if if you're careful well i i'm being very careful uh, at first i was over watering every day hmm. now i'm doing three or four times a day and along a lot um, yeah a week and then along with the the poinsettias uh i have what they call a christmas cactus oh yeah and it's right in the window and at first i got concerned because yeah i brought it home there were a lot of blooms beautiful pink little flowers then they went away and i thought oh my gosh (laughs) i killed the killed the plant and just this week there's like a whole bunch of blooms. Oh, very nice. Which is which is nice. So yeah. anyway, greenthingsaz.com and Zocalo Village, their sister business, and um, for pottery and all sorts of beautiful imported things. I'm also going to do the the Silver City uh, commercial mention. We always love Silver City in Grant County, New Mexico. Um, uh, you're an you think of yourself as an environmentalist, right? Yes, and I love the w- wildlands around Silver City. Well, so the I, Gila I National often. Wilderness is yeah. the first national wilderness. That's right, Aldo Leopold in the and, country, and, and and the hot springs near in that hot area. Hot springs yeah. there, uh, but it's a cute town just a, to stay in. The it town. is the Victorian architecture, really great there, and. Uh, uh, the original home of uh, the Center for Biological Diversity. That's right. And then they moved over here to Tucson. So there's a real environmental ethic over in Silver City in Grand County, New Mexico. Start your planning by visiting southwestnewmexico.org. And as we point out, it's not that bad a drive. It's only about ah, three hours east of Tucson. All right, Vice Mayor Kevin Dahl, uh, Mike Ortega, the city manager, put out a memoranda kind of laying out where the city at this point stands on uh, the RTA Next, uh, the program. A lot of people are putting in a lot of hours, Kevin, as you know, on uh, the planning committee. They're trying to come up with an equitable um, uh, program for the next 20 years to renew the RTA next. But uh, Mr. Ortega kind of ran the numbers and, well, what was his conclusion? Yeah, and he got expert help from Eller College um, on yeah, this. Yeah, I think he got Dr. George Hammond, That's uh, right. the, the head of the... Uh, for economic forecasting unit at, at LR. Go ahead. You have all the details. <laughs> I wish I had your brain to remember these things. Yeah, well... And their titles. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I've only interacted with the RTA in, in this position for two years, but um, I've been concerned all along that we're, Tucson's not getting a return on investment. And kind of the base problem is we're one vote out of many, whereas we represent 60-plus percent of the voters who... Um, uh, will be paying the sales tax and who should reap the benefits. So we're looking at it as a return on investment. And in th- this case, as as the figures showed, we would be giving up $32 million a year, which is a big chunk of change. And over 20 years is, you know, more than half a billion dollars um, that people in the city of Tucson from all of our neighborhoods would be contributing to roads outside of the city of Tucson, roads that where they seldom are used, whereas people on the outside of the city, unincorporated Pima County or Suarita, Marana, Oro Valley, they use our streets a lot. So it's not very equitable. Um, and that needs to change um, because we have... And it could change. I mean, because this might. is not set in stone. And as Mr. Ortega pointed out in his his lengthy memorandum, he is a believer, and I think you are as well, in regionalism. We should do it regionally. But... Um, it needs to meet the needs of Tucson. We have a complete streets plan that needs to be in accord with what we're we're doing regionally, and we can't be contributing our money to um, towns 
where if you drive there, they have nicer streets. I don't think they get the traffic that we do. Um, I've learned that it's not only the heat and and the storm drainage that produce all the potholes. And I don't know if you've noticed, Bill, there's a lot of potholes right oh, now. Oh, man. Yeah, we're working hard to plug so those. I was so mad. I hit one over by, uh, on Craycroft by TMC, and it was at night, and I couldn't, I didn't see it. Yeah. And I was just screaming I was so mad uh, because I had just had uh, one of my two cars, one of the cars aligned. Yeah. I inherited Ann's car, so, so you got can see, two cars. You can see why we're troubled that the RTA uh, proposed doesn't have any um, maintenance money. Mm-hmm. You know, they, we, we put in these roads. But again, but, maybe this will change the direction because the I, committee, I, I look, in I fact, look, they're meeting today. I yeah. hope it changes the direction. Why I'm a little pessimistic is we only have one vote, and I don't think the mayor's concerns have been taken seriously by the other jurisdictions and the leadership of uh, on the nine-member nine-member board. That's right. So, but I'm I'm I have an open mind, and if a good proposal comes my way, I'll vote for it. But people should know that we can also do it by ourselves and, and get what we need for the streets in the city of Tucson. Is there any more talk about a sales tax, a projection of a sales tax vote that's coming up for August? Yes. We, we, and what is that about? I'm we confused. We put that on that agenda because there's a legal question about when we can have these and we wanted that settled so that um, according to state law, we can only do tax and bond issues during the normal every two years primary in general. But according to our charter, there's four windows every year where we can do that, uh, and which we prefer having that option. So this is um, an effort to get the state attorney general to make a ruling so we can have some legal guidance that we can rely on. Vice Mayor Kevin Dahl is with us, and I want to touch on another topic, of course, the city's role in asylum seekers. Most of the news coverage, I'd say 95%, is focused on the county's role. Yes. But there is a city role. Yes. We are providing resources as well, reimbursed by the county, who is reimbursed by the um, federal. And it, it's a federal issue. The feds should be solving this. Um, Tucson is a generous, kind-hearted community and has stepped up even before there were federal funds available. And my colleague, Steve Kosicek, was a big part of that story. And the community, I think, will be continued to be kind-hearted, but we're facing a crisis. Um, back when we started dealing with asylum seekers, there were maybe 10 a, a day. Now we're up to 1,000 a day, and we can't have street releases. That would just be, have such an impact on these poor people who are here legally. Um, they've been vetted by the, um, the feds and are just trying to get to their sponsors or their families. Um, we can't have a thousand people being released on the streets. So I, we're looking to the federal government to solve this problem, and we're glad to continue being part of it. Your ward, Ward Three, I think, has more homeless encampments than any other ward. We I mean, do. It's, it's a rich—I don't want to say rich, but it's there are well-to-do pockets like all of the wards, but there's some very, um, very poor neighborhoods as well in Ward Three. Yes, we have um, trailer parks and we have Winter Haven as an example. Mm-hmm. And, and we're pivoting to a different topic. The, the asylum seekers and homeless usually different, are, are right, different, different. But, but homeless is a, a problem my office deals with every day of people reporting encampments and illegal activity. And yeah, I think for geographic reasons, we have places where homeless, unsheltered, find a good place in a wash uh, or near, near a center where they're getting help to camp. And it's, it's affecting every neighborhood. It's it's affecting poor neighborhoods. It's affecting um, people who live in nice neighborhoods. And uh, uh, we need more resources. We need more um, tools. Uh, the city's doing housing first, and I'm proud that we're really successful, but the need is growing as the base causes for homelessness, which people on fixed incomes facing rising rent, people fa- fa- facing mental problems um, or, or drug problems that they need help and eventually lose their housing. You're, you're a big supporter of parks. Uh, kind of your signature park is Mansfield Park. Are I, they doing that annual uh, activity around Easter? We are, extravaganza, where families can come and kids of different ages can go out and, and do an Easter egg hunt, and there's other games and activities and resources. So March 23rd, a Saturday from 9 o'clock on, um, uh, people can find out about in our, my Ward 3 newsletter, which you can sign up for online. How um, often do you put that out? Every Friday. 
That's right. I get it through my email as well. Yeah. 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 Um, generally, are you less, are there less parks than, I'm sure you'd like more parks in your ward and in the city. Throughout the city, we're, <laughs> we're underparked. Um, and I'm not sure that that's going to be solved anytime soon. But we do have um, bond money, uh, the bond that was passed to support parks. And that money is being spent over time. And, and so we're, we're going to see improvements at Columbus Park, at McClintock Park. Um, a lot of the parks are getting things that were spelled out in the bond, that we're doing robust um, neighborhood and stakeholder engagement to fine-tune those. And, and maybe the dog park that was suggested for this park maybe isn't suitable there. Um, and we'll use that money instead for a wa- better walking path around the park, things like that. I, I, parks and, and our aquatics program, our pools are so essential, especially as the summers get You can have enough lifeguards this summer? Yeah. Two summers ago, we faced a critical shortage, but the Parks Department stepped up and did year-round recruitment. It's a great starting job for, for teenagers, and there's training and good pay. Um, our police chief, Chad Casmar, started off in Tucson as a lifeguard, as wow. did others. Who wow. Wow. All right, uh, Kevin, thank you very much. Kevin Dahl, Vice Mayor, City of Tucson, and we'll, we've got Kevin booked, I think, for Easter week, the week before Easter for his next visit, trying to bring him in uh, once a month. Thank you I'll, very I'll much. I'll wear a bunny costume. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll take our break right here. Coming up next, the CEO interview series presented by Sun Corridor, Inc. Dine in or take out authentic Neapolitan wood-fired pizza at Vero Amore, where every flavorful pizza, pasta, and panini are homemade. Using the finest local and imported ingredients, Vero Amore, Plaza Palomino at Swan and Fort Lowell, and on Dove Mountain in Marana, plus a full catering menu and mobile pizza truck for parties and events. Vero Amore, on the web at veroamorepizza.com. Are you happy with the news you get? While not all news is good news, you know good reporting when you see it. Check TucsonSentinel.com every day for breaking news and investigative reports. And your say in the comments. It's all in TucsonSentinel.com, your local, independent, nonprofit news. You can rely on TucsonSentinel.com for solid reporting about immigration, Tucson and penal politics, everything from the border to baseball. It's independent news without the spin. TucsonSentinel.com. We are watching Tucson. Cushman and Wakefield Picor is Tucson's leading independently owned full-service commercial real estate company. Founded in 1985, Cushman and Wakefield Picor offers leasing, sales, and property management for industrial office, medical, retail, land, and investment properties in Tucson and Sonora, Mexico. Visit our website at picor.com for the latest news from Tucson's commercial real estate sector. That's picor.com. Call us at 748-7100. The nonprofit Tucson Wildlife Center has been helping injured, sick, and orphan wildlife in southern Arizona since 1999. They're dedicated to the rescue, medical care, and rehabilitation of sick, injured, and orphan wildlife with the goal of releasing them back to their natural habitat. Around 5,000 animals a year come to them as they are the only wildlife rescue in southern Arizona. All made possible through donations. They receive no government funding. Please donate at TucsonWildlife.com. Whether you've considered an all-inclusive luxury cruise, an expedition adventure, or a relaxing river cruise, come to Bon Voyage Travel's annual showcase on March 3rd at the Hilton El Conquistador. Presentations will be offered throughout the day to provide you a chance to hear more about these travel brands and their exciting offers. Bill Buckmaster and I will be teaming up to present the travel trends of 2024. Visit bvtravel.com for more information on Bon Voyage Travel's free showcase on March 3rd. Family owned and run since 1985, Moe's Gallery and Fine Framing is the gold standard for quality and professionalism for picture framing, custom frame mirrors, art for your walls, and hanging and lighting solutions. Come in for your design session or set it up electronically. Moe's Gallery and Fine Framing, Fort Lowell and Dodge, and now doing e-commerce at moesgallery.com. It's time for the CEO interview series on the Buckmaster Show, presented by Sun Corridor Inc., a transformative economic development organization representing one of the most dynamic and growing major business centers in North America. 
Sun Corridor Inc. is a CEO-driven regional alliance whose members aggressively champion mega-regional issues that impact economic competitiveness and quality of life. The organization has helped to drive significant business investment into the Tucson and Southern Arizona region through primary job creation, resulting in an economic impact of $36 billion, with more than 200 company locates and expansions, supporting 57,000 jobs. For more information, visit suncorridorinc.com. And joining us this month for our CEO interview series presented by Sun Corridor Inc. is John Kehoe, the newest board member at Sun Corridor Inc. John is the executive vice president for manufacturing for a company called Involta. John, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm anxious to learn and uh, for you to share with our listeners uh, a little bit about Involta. Give us uh, give us the background. What is this company all about? Yeah, you know, Involta is a data center company, and uh, we came out of Midwest Roots many years ago, and we've been now in Tucson for almost 12 years and expanding in the region. And um, if you think about data centers and data center management, you know, a lot of companies really want to make sure their computer equipment is safe and secure, um, providing access to, you know, their, their sort of sites around the world. And Involta helps make that happen. So we have telecommunications, you know, server equipment, and the staff that really makes all that happen. So every company, John, large or small, knows they need secure modern technology solutions to transform their IT strategy. So how does Involta then fit in that picture, please? You know, often we, we will sit down with the customers, um, and, and many will actually use Tucson as what's called a backup site as well. So we've actually got uh, multinational, multibillion-dollar companies who we serve out of the Tucson community as well as the local businesses. But our, we always start with a conversation. You know, what is their business need? What are they trying to secure? We have everything from a small maybe gas station who just needs to provide Wi-Fi to a limited amount of customers all the way through, again, um, large institutions. But our goal is always to make sure that um, we understand their business model. And many of those folks are now going through transitions and massive inflections, um, market conditions. You think about the supply chain as an example. Um, many of those folks were using uh, potentially company you know, partners outside the United States. Now many of those folks are coming back to the United States and they need expansion. And they just don't have the school square footage to do it on their own property. So they look to, you know, in Volta to help them bridge that gap. And I suppose, John, every uh, business has different needs. And so and uh, your company can probably then deliver, I guess you would say, a full suite of even hybrid IT services, correct? We do. You know, a lot of times what happens is we'll talk to a customer and, and we call it build a suit. They need some room with us, so we'll do um, exactly tailor fit how they want to see it work inside our data center. And then they may keep a little bit of their own computer power at their own facility. And maybe it's a manufacturer. They want to make sure they have guaranteed uptime. They can't afford for the lines to go down. Maybe it's a hospital. You know, you have certainly emergency and, and health care concerns, you know, safety of life. And so we are that provider that makes the bridge between having a center where they can not necessarily do they have to go out and find all their own power, as an example. It's becoming harder and harder for folks to find power in their area. And so we're able to then bridge the power challenge. We are on our, now we call it our sixth generation of data centers. So we're always looking at ways to innovate and think about how to, um, I would say, curate sustainability. Um, so how do we then use the most effective amount of power? Sometimes, you know, a smaller business really can't can't do that. They just don't have the scale. So Involta becomes that partner and it's kind of a turnkey for them. They can kind of, I'll say this carefully, but sort of forget about the IT side. We take care of that for them and they can go focus on their business and their business growth. John Keyhole is with us, the executive vice president for manufacturing for Involta. John, early in my career, uh, I was anchoring the news in San Jose and it was the 1980s and Silicon Valley was, it was an exciting time to be uh, in in the valley, things were evolving, and in those days, uh, some of these mainframe computers 
just took up huge amounts of, of space. And you mentioned kind of six generations now. And let's talk a little bit about that evolution, if you would. Yeah, you know, when you think about it, a lot of folks, you know, they built buildings and some, some of these companies put their IT equipment right in the building with them. So they had what some people would call a local data center. Sometimes they call it a data closet. And um, it was, you know, a lot of footprint. And it took, the, again, a lot of power. And so now what we're seeing is that those folks don't want to continue to expand their buildings. In many cases, they want to repurpose that. Again, as, I, as, as you think about, again, this reshoring almost of manufacturing coming back to the United States, they want to make sure that they can, you know, take care of their own workforce locally. And so what it allows us to do is if you think about, again, we have a, a nice building. It's set up basically with um, compartments, almost think about, you know, bays where people can come in. We can actually host their equipment. If they want to hold on to it, you mentioned the mainframe and some other mm -hmm. things, if they're really attached to their equipment, we can bring it right in our facility, lock it in a cage, secure it up for them, and that's, that's a nice footprint for them to work from. Then we also provide, you know, think of it as infrastructure as a service, right? So we take care of the servers, we make sure they have capacity, and we then allow them to grow and expand. So if they need another five servers, we have them ready and waiting to spin up. They can call us and say, hey, I need more compute time. And again, they can focus just right on the business. Um, I think as we look at, you know, the future, you know, you think about where we go forward and, and, and the crunch that's going to happen with energy. We're seeing it all over the United States as well as the world on electricity. Where Volta comes in is every day we're thinking about how do we maximize the efficiency of that power? How do we make sure we can consolidate and concentrate as much of that equipment into the smallest square foot as possible? And then that allows us to also, many data centers, um, you know, when they're on-premise, don't necessarily have adequate heating and cooling. And so that's a huge consumer of power as well. And so when we build out scale, you know, we're always looking at the most effective and efficient pieces of equipment that can cool those rooms because it produces a lot of heat more than, more than you know, um, your average devices. And so we're always looking at innovative ways. We've turned on a product recently um, where we actually um, use liquid cooling. So those chips get very warm in the computers, and we actually run a fluid right across the top of the chip, and it effectively cools those devices down. Wow. Many firms need um, high-end computing, right? So you think computer simulation. You look at this virtual reality that's happening. Those, those computers get very, very warm, and we've, we've partnered with a company and uh, really have a high-tech innovation to make sure that those customers have effective, um, I would say, computer capability. So this digital transformation, uh, uh, we're getting things getting smaller size-wise. I mean, I mean uh, the shrinking uh, nature of the business. I mean, and in, in the, the actual physical nature of the business. Yeah, you know, you think about digital transformation. A lot of what we're seeing in the industry, especially in the manufacturing sector, we're seeing that these folks have gone out, again, to international markets for their supply chain. They have leveraged firms that, uh, in some cases, just can't get the product back to the United States fast enough to meet their, their needs across the entire United States. And so they're now building those facilities larger on their own campuses. They're expanding into different regions across the United States. And what we do in Involt is we come in and we talk to them about what's the most effective way when you're building that brand new manufacturing facility. Um, don't build a data center. In it. That's what we do. We're happy to, to um, you know, then broker and help them understand all the efficiencies that that's our that's our art and science. That's the best business practices we bring to the table. They can focus in on what they deliver. And we just had a manufacturing customer here in the last month come to us and said, you know, we have doubled our orders since the start of the calendar year. We can't hire enough people to basically even run our manufacturing lines at the levels we'd want to please come help us basically think about effective, you know, processes that um, enable automation. So it could be as simple as they need a new accounting system and they need to house that somewhere. Well, don't worry about all the IT technology that you have to put it on and Volt is here to help. And then maybe it's connecting a couple sites. Maybe it's Tucson to Phoenix, even, you know, we can then help them bridge and run offices up in the greater Phoenix area right out of Tucson. And so um, those are the kind of things we bring to the table and we talk through, but I would say this reshoring has truly been something that's happened in the last sort of 12 to 14 months where the um, unpredictability, I'll say, of the supply chain, whether that's shipping containers coming from overseas or whether it's even just having, 
you know, the reliability of staff that can produce. Um, most of these firms want to control their own destiny a little more here in the U.S. You've seen a lot of that then uh, post-COVID, I would imagine, John. It is. You know, I tell you, we, we COVID got a little quiet for many, um, many firms. We were, you know, never turned the lights off. We had to continue to run and make sure people had adequate computer needs, backup, disaster recovery. You know, natural disasters still happened all through COVID. And so we were there as a kind of a, I would say, a guarantee for them to make sure that they could continue to operate. A lot of manufacturers didn't really idle down as much. Their office workers kind of worked from home, but we saw a tremendous amount of people still go into the factory and produce items. And, um, you know, now we're still seeing that inflection happen. And I think it's, again, just indicative of the fact that, you know, the container, you know, sort of industry and the shipping industry is, um, you know, the ports are busy and you look at the canals and how they're backing up a little bit. That's really hard to have predictability to your end customer if you have too many variables. So, they are, again, thinking about, well, here in the U.S., you know, you, you, if you can get a truck across the state or if you can get it across several states, it's much more effective than trying to bring things in from outside the U.S. How about the security component, John Keyhill? How, how important is that to, you, to your customers? You know, it's paramount. I would say every time we do a discussion, you know, whether it's about how they want to run their manufacturing or how they really want to think about their back office operations, security is always top of mind. I would say we've seen just in the last probably 18 to 20 months, probably a doubling. And this is kind of a pattern you see where I kind of call them bad actors come in. They, they try to run campaigns against companies. They try to exploit an employee to get a password or a user ID. And um, sometimes it looks very legitimate. It looks like it came from a source. Maybe it was a supplier. Maybe it was a customer. And um, so we have tools and processes in place that help protect customers from that. Right. We catch that on the front end. Um, you know, it's, it is always going to be, I think, something that's um, going to be top of mind for every person now, whether it's your personal life or business. There's always somebody who is trying to find an innovative way to um, possibly create a, a, you know, a scam or an intrusive operation. So that is something we um, work with our partners and our customers to make sure that we safeguard them. All right, John, I've got a lot more I want to bring up with you. John Keyhole, Executive Vice President for Manufacturing of Involta. We're learning something. I'm learning something. That's why I do this program every day about uh, Involta and what uh, their role is uh, in the manufacturing sector. But when we come back, does Involta specialize in, in other industries? We'll ask John about that. Take a break. Be right back. Noble Hops is Tucson's original gastropub. Serving an ever-changing menu of craft beer and fine fare. Savor the majestic mountain views from the perfect for any season spacious patio at West Lambert Lane in North La Cañada Drive in Oro Valley. Order in or take out at Noble Hops, a pub for foodies. On the web at noblehops.com. The Regional Transportation Authority plan is funded by a voter-approved half-cent sales tax. The RTA is the largest annual funder of regional transportation improvements in the region, averaging more than $100 million in tax revenue each year. The RTA is preparing a new 20-year plan for public review prior to a May 2025 election. Sign up at rtanext.com for updates. Nestled in the foothills of the Santa Rita Mountains of southeastern Arizona is Equine Voices and Sanctuary. Home to horses and burros that were rescued from neglect, abuse abandonment, and slaughter. Please consider Equine Voices Rescue and Sanctuary with a financial gift of support and estate remembrance. Learn more about our vision and values at equinevoices.org. International Airport, we are non-stop for our community. Our main priorities are providing a safe and secure travel experience and excellent customer service. We're also non-stop for landing prosperity in Southern Arizona by attracting new flights for business travel and family getaways. When your airport thrives, our community thrives. So fly local, fly TUS. Tucson International Airport is non-stop for Tucson. 
Hi, this is Irene Coppola, President and CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Southern Arizona. The BBB sets the standards for marketplace trust by engaging with and educating consumers and businesses. The BBB is the resource to turn to for the objective, unbiased information on businesses offering national and local consumer services online and in person. Learn more about the many services offered by the Better Business Bureau at bbb.org. The Friends of Pima Animal Care Center is the nonprofit partner to our Pima County Animal Shelter. We grant critically needed resources to PACC so that it can continue the amazing life-saving progress it has made in recent years. Your generosity helps us find homes for abused, neglected, and abandoned animals at PAC. Learn how you can help at friendsofpacc.org. Welcome back. It is the Buckmaster Show, continuing now with our Sun Corridor Inc. interview series, our CEO interview series. Once a month, uh, we bring on a uh, top business newsmaker in our community. And this week, we are focusing on uh, the company Involta, uh, which uh, delivers world-class data center facilities, conductivity, and infrastructure solutions designed to meet the most stringent security requirements uh, with us on our live line the executive vice president of manufacturing john kehoe who is the uh, newest board member uh, at sun corridor inc john are you excited about being on the board there at sun corridor you know i am i tell you what when when joe reached out you know i uh, i started my air force career at davis monthan many many years ago and um uh, I couldn't be happier to be back in the Tucson community now here in the last year or so. And, uh, you know, it just brings back memories. So, uh, you know, I, I can date myself a little. I remember when old Tucson was the original old Tucson, <laughs> you know, and there's some places that uh, just don't exist anymore. But at the same time, I just it's amazing to see the growth that's happened since I've been away. And I'm happy to be back in the community. We were talking in the first segment about your strength dealing with the uh, and serving the manufacturing sector. What about other sectors, other industries? You know, we, we do cater to almost every industry. Manufacturing is our largest, but close first second is always healthcare. Healthcare is another vertical that we focus on. Um, a lot of regulations happen in the healthcare industry, and our data centers are all certified to make sure we take care of those customers. Um, similar uh, journey, I'd say, for a healthcare customer to manufacturing. They need their space back. They want facilities where they can have clinical staff who can work and meet with patients. Many of those folks had built data centers when they built the hospitals. Some of those require um, updates, maintenance. Those are usually very expensive, large capital projects. And so Involta is able to come in, talk with those healthcare professionals. And then normally we were always in the communities that we serve. So, you know, South Tucson for us is where our facility is. And so not far away, the hospitals get very comfortable that, um, you know, we're close enough, doesn't need to be right on their campus. And you know, far enough away, if they have a little situation on the campus, then they have a little bit of a disaster recovery plan. But we do that in multiple markets across the United States, um, from really the East Coast all the West Coast. Uh, it's uh, It's been an exciting journey in the healthcare industry as well. You're in seven states, I believe. Did you start, I think, in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Was that the first of the data centers? The first data center was actually in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, right? Okay. So two companies came together many years ago. And uh, most recently, our expansion market is actually Green Bay. So we just closed on that a couple months ago. Hmm. Uh, I was up in the Green Bay market uh, probably in the uh, last week, now that I'm thinking out loud. And yeah. uh, it's an exciting time for them as well. So, uh, yeah, we continue to look at regional markets as the areas that we like to participate in. Um, we, You know, the big cities are great, but um, when you get into like a Los Angeles or New York City um you kind of lose that personal touch a little bit. You don't get to see the communities and your customers as often. Uh, the geographies are just large. And so we've always found our success in that, in that nice, regional, mid-sized market city that has growth, like a Tucson. And, of course, business and economic development is very important to your business because if Tucson is bringing in new businesses, it's good for Involta. Absolutely. You know, and we've been, we've really been in the Tucson market now almost uh, 12 years. And so again, when it all started, we, we took a small piece of property there on the South side, uh, put a data center on it. And, um, you know, we've continued to grow that facility and, um, 
as businesses arrive. To your point, we, we look to expand that. We've got some parcels next to us that we could expand onto. And again, as I mentioned earlier, we really um, do cater to that build a suit. So when somebody comes in and says they have the following requirements, we're happy to evaluate that, take a look. We have great access to telecommunications networks. We have great access to the power grid. And so um, it's, it's really a good hand-in-glove relationship with the economic groups across the city. John, you talked about the importance of community and the local presence a couple of times. What type of initiatives uh, do your team members support here in town? You know, we have a, several things. You know, our team there is active. They, uh, most are native Tucson uh, residents, grew up there, second and third generation, um, so they know the community very, very well. One of the things that, you know, we focus on, you know, you think about our company, it's, it's really about high tech and how we have to continue to attract and grow. And so one of our, um, you know, operations we do, we, we call it Tri-Lambda. And, and it's truly, they put this on the banner, Tech Nerds Unite. And um, <laughs> we do bring nerds. together a lot of <laughs> folks around town. Uh, we do it usually once a month. And um, it's all about the science, you know, technology, engineering, and mathematics skills, getting people excited on coming into the industry. Um, there's been a little bit of a lag across really the world on people kind of coming into that in the last few years. And so we're really sparking that interest. It also creates a great forum for people to share, um, I would say similar stories. A lot of companies are going through very um, identical. You mentioned the cybersecurity concern earlier. Every company's thinking about that. It creates a forum for people to come together and talk. We host that, we move it around town. Um, we involve the universities, we involve, again, the hospitals and other businesses, um, not just customers, but also, you know, just folks in town who, um, again, share a common, you know, certain need, and, and we like to fill that void. Well, you certainly need uh, qualified uh, high-tech individuals. Uh, is that need being, uh, are you generating enough young people out of the University of Arizona and Pima Community College to, to help you out? We are. And in, in the last few years, we've recently joined the Arizona Technology Council, and we enjoy being a part of that. And, you know, that's, that is larger than, I would say, just information technology. You really start to think about science, how you attract businesses who, you know, they're producing like the next generation rockets, you know, that are going to mm-hmm. take people to the moon one day. And so it, uh, it does spark a great interest, and we're happy to participate in that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a forum where I, I consider it, you know, a very safe zone. You can come in and have great conversations, be very candid. It has that, again, tie back to economic development where what are the needs and things and challenges we have in the area? How do we overcome it? How do we partner with all levels of government to make sure that we have the right resources at, you know, sort of our disposal? And uh, great forum. We enjoy being a part of that. If someone would like to work for you, uh, what would be the best way to get a hold of the folks at Involta? You know, the probably the easiest thing is just our website, you know, www.involta.com. There's a career sections in there. It lists all the job opportunities we have locally. Um, again, if there's interest, there's also a tab in there where they can just click in. If they would ever like to come over and just have a facilities tour, see what the technology looks like inside the building, and maybe that sparks interest for them to change careers, then we're always happy to accommodate. John Keyhole, the Executive Vice President for Manufacturing, Newest board member at Sun Corridor, Inc., uh, representing Involta. Thank you, John. Appreciate the time. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Sun Corridor, Inc., for more information, I strongly suggest take a look at their website, which is suncorridorinc.com. We'll leave it right there. We'll be back with you tomorrow with our Friday edition of the Buckmaster Show talking about home building with the head of the Southern Arizona Home Builders Association. That's tomorrow's show. Until then, hope everybody has a great afternoon.